Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. (laughs) Oh, you got it right. I I almost said it wrong. 98.3 FM and... uh, Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning. And good morning, Alan. Good morning, Perry. I got to tell you, we're sort of learning on the fly here with this uh, new equipment. And uh, we've had to make some texts and some phone calls. And uh, things look a little bit different. Live radio is an adventure. Well, it's going to be real adventuresome today because uh, um, uh, there's, without boring the audience on what's going on, I really don't have any headphones. And when... uh, when I turned the mics on live, the monitor went off, so we're just going to have to wing it. So, anyway, uh, got a good show for you this morning. I hope you will enjoy. We've got at 11 o'clock, our Legends guest will be one of the real local Legends heroes, dirt track, short track racers, and that's Chuck Piazza. And Chuck's uh, Chuck's a good friend of the show and got a lot of experience, and I'm sure he's got some great stories to tell us. You, uh... You remember Chuck from around here, don't you, Alan? Yes, I do. He used to run a bunch of fairgrounds and uh, a lot of our local racetracks, you know, like Cherokee Speedway, Harris, stuff like that. Well, Chuck's going to join us at 11 o'clock, and uh, he's uh, then he's going to show for me with his son up to Gastonia to an event. So uh, okay, that ought to be fun. a lot of fun. I got a whole day of Chuck. Is he driving? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'm Is not. That, you said he's chauffeuring, so... Uh, well, he's he's chauffeuring. That means he's driving. <laughs> he he might get you there in a hurry. Well, he might he might take a dirt road. <laughs> I don't know if there is one up there, uh, all the way to Gastonia. But anyway, we're uh, we're sort of in a learning process here, so we'll see how, how all this uh, new equipment works out. Anyway, um, uh, congratulations, I guess, on Burns beating Dorman. I know Thank we got you. a lot of Dorman listeners probably just well, switched off. That's okay. But it, it was it was really a good ball game last night. Yeah. And then my other team won. Clemson won. And you're talking about how bad they looked, and that's okay. I would rather have an ugly win than a pretty loss. I tell you what, there was a lot of orange out there. What in it though? A whole bunch of orange. Syracuse's orange too, Perry. I know. <laughs> they were real orange last night. I know that they used to be the orange men. Now they're yeah. just orange. Right. <laughs> they did away with the men. But anyway, we have got a lot of racing to cover for you this morning, and uh, I guess the big thing that came out of last weekend, as far as I was concerned, was that Jeremy couldn't quite make the playoffs. He yeah. uh, he missed it, missed it by. Uh, uh, I heard him on a open mic on Wednesday, and he said that uh, they made a strategy change late in the race, and he didn't say it. It was bad or good or backfired or anything like that. He just said they made a change and did. Um, I think they pitted and they weren't they going did. to. 
And uh, I know they'd stayed out a couple of times at stages to get stage points. And then towards the end, uh, anyway, he was trying to, once again, work his way up through the crowd. Right. And on a road course, uh, Jeremy's real good on him. But uh, he but only got on it as road far course, as... That's, that's tough to do, <laughs> no matter how well you, you can do on road courses. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, and he uh, uh, only got up as far as 12th, which uh, actually he needed to win the thing. Yeah. Uh, no... No really good finish. I don't think it was going to do it for him, other than a, uh, other than first. So uh, anyway, but listen, his his year has been a wonderful year. Well, now here's something that he said. You know, and we were talking about this a little bit last week, and I was kind of trying to figure it out on the fly. And I thought that maybe within the four people that fell out with him, which was uh, Brandon Jones, Jeb Burton, Miat Snyder, and uh, no, do I have that right? Maybe it was uh, Riley Herps, Jeremy. Miat and Jeb Burton, yeah, those are the ones that he could move up within that bracket right. and finish as high as ninth. He said on the show uh, Wednesday that he could finish as high as fifth, which tells me there must be some way when they reset these points um, that he can go all the way up as far as the final four. So, anyway, he says... <laughs> I'm sure he knows more than I do about uh, it. That's what I was thinking, sitting right here. If he, he, uh, I know he knows more than I do. If he says he can finish as high as fifth, then uh, I mean that would be out, really outstanding. So, uh, uh, from what I'm looking at right now, he's 11th and he's got a nine point lead over the 12th place man, which is Riley Herps. So uh, anyway, we'll get into that a little bit more late, later. Of course, the race was won by uh, who else? AJ Almendinger and. Um, Alan and I were texting during the, the cup race on the Roval on Sunday. And uh, I told him, I said, I wish I'd have picked Almondinger because he started way back in the back and got up to the front. And I knew he would, but then he uh, he had some sort of engine mechanical failure of some sort and, and dropped out. In fact, uh, yeah, he only made it 57 laps and finished 38th. But I tell you, Almondinger on a road course, he's just about, uh, and that new colleague racing team, they're going to be hard to beat anywhere next year and this year for what's left. But this week they go to uh, Texas. The trucks are off, but uh, Xfinity races today at Texas and tomorrow on the Roval, uh, the Roval, on the, on the Oval at Texas. I think we're done with road, road courses this year. I think so. Easy for me to say. And, um, uh, Alan, is there still stuff going on around here locally? Oh yes, we're getting down to our local racing. They uh, having some big, like the big Thunder Bomber Classic over at Traverse Rest Speedway this weekend. It's going to be a, a big deal over there. Uh, we had uh, Eddie Ray on last week or week before last, and he was talking about that big trophy. Well, he put pictures of it up on the web thing. It's a pretty guitar, been painted up. Thunder Bomber Classic, ten thousand dollars to win, and uh, somebody's going to walk away with that tonight. That's tonight. And that's tonight at Travers Rest Speedway. And uh, we had, uh, you know, Harris last week. They were supposed to have a big front-wheel drive race, but with all the bad weather that we had, they canceled out. But they said that they would try to make a show, and they did make a show last Saturday night as far as their local racing goes. So uh, we still have some local racing going on, and uh, right now, we got some monster trucks coming into our racetracks. So, uh, we do? Yes. Is anybody trying to keep them out? No. No. <laughs> they're trying to keep them out. <laughs> but, uh, 
You can go to Cherokee Speedway this afternoon and watch some monster trucks. Is that right? Yes. Now, that's going to take up a lot of the infield, I imagine, right? Or yes. Is it... yes, it will. Okay. The only monster truck show I've ever been to was at Cherokee Speedway. And it, it was exciting. Huh. And until you get up close to them, you don't really appreciate how big those suckers are. Did I dream it, or did somebody like at Traveler's Rest or someplace tell us not long ago that they got all the monster truck dirt from uh, Bon Secours Arena and, and put it on their racetrack? Eddie Ray did. Yeah. The He's the one that told us that, right? Yep. Okay. So, uh, but you still ain't got to the big story yet as far as last week. Well, break it for us. The, the deal with the four car and the nine car. Well, yeah, well, I was coming up when I did my recap here, but we can go ahead and talk about it. And, uh, uh, well, go ahead. What do you think? Because at the well, time. I think I seen the in-car camera with Herrick and the nine car was in the way, so he kind of moved him out of the way. But then somehow or another, it, you know, what do they call that? Racing gods or karma or something like that. It come back on him. Well, I don't care what anybody says. Uh and I haven't heard anything to the contrary, and I've heard it hinted at, but, I mean, Harvick was mirror driving. He'd been he'd taken that turn all these years, not to mention how many times he'd taken it this week, and uh, just so happens when he's getting run down by a guy that's talking with his crew on the radio about wrecking him that Harvick runs straight into the wall. And uh, uh, he said he got it in there too hot or something, locked up the right front. I don't know what all he was saying, but I'm telling you right now, that was uh, he was he wasn't looking straight ahead. He was looking in his mirror, and I think he just got rattled. And uh, as you said when we were texting back and forth, uh, Elliot didn't even have to touch him. He was no. he was two cars away. Just saved NASCAR from making a call, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, uh, NASCAR was. Kind of, I think NASCAR was sweating that deal. Uh, we done heard on the radio that uh, nine was going to pay back, and uh, mm-hmm. just so happened, uh, it 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 took care of itself. Well, but you know what, NASCAR really—I understand the po- politics of it and everything—but NASCAR ought to be praying for stuff like this because well, this wait, is what wait, they need. Wait a minute, man. We're going to get into IMSA. You know what IMSA would have done? Well, they would have. They would have parked a four car. Yeah. They would have parked a full car for at least two laps or something like that. They put them in a penalty box. Same thing with Formula One. So, uh, I mean, uh, it's a deal of, uh, well, you know what happened at Martinsville. Whenever the Matt Kenseth come yeah. out of the pits and run over the 22 car down there. So, yeah. uh, but he was laps down. These boys were still on the lead lap. So uh, they could still say that they was racing hard. Well, and they were racing hard, and it turned out to be the difference between Harvick making the cut and uh, and Elliott moving on. But I'm telling you what, Harvick, uh, he laid it on him in that in that turn and knocked knocked him into the wall, knocked all, uh, I mean, a lot of damage to the nine car. But they got out the 200 mile an hour tape and taped <laughs> that TV panel back on the back of it because I understand you got to have that. No, not at road. Not on not road, road course. course. Ah, not on a road course not, because he didn't have it for a while. Right. He lost it. He and lost it. It's a wonder if they hadn't black flagged him and pulled him in to take it off. But uh, I think that was a good call on NASCAR to let him stay out there. And he never lost a lap. Never and he, lost a lap. And he uh, ended up, uh, like you said, I think, I don't know if this is exactly the way you put it, but the karma gods got him because the Harvick uh, – Harvick's not moving on, and uh, 
now I'm wondering if he's got going to win a race this year. What did you hear, Harvey? After you come out of the in, infield care center, I heard the interview. Uh, he acts like it'll still be going on. Yeah, I mean that's uh, if it's still if he takes out the nine car, it say Martinsville, and he don't make the show. He's all, mm. he, he's already not making the show. So well, uh, I'm talking about the nine car. Yeah. Oh, okay. Chase. If Harvick takes out the nine car and he doesn't make on to the chase, uh, I don't believe they're going to have enough NASCAR officials on pit road to keep these crews apart. <laughs> well, that'll be something <laughs> to see, too. And uh, well, it'll, it'll keep me watching. It'll keep me. I mean, that's... Uh, and, and that's my point. That's what I'm saying. NASCAR ought to be saying, oh, we can't have this out of one side of their mouth and out of the other side saying, man, this is great. Go at it, boys. And another thing I noticed, did you notice that the Carolina Panthers and the race was going on on the same weekend there? In the same town, yeah. Same that was town, a, Charlotte same. was a good place to live. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't see that scheduling right now. Well, I mean, I think Charlotte is, proves that they got enough uh, uh, population base. and fan bases to, uh, to handle both, but neither one of them were near capacity. I mean, Charlotte wasn't nearly full, and neither was the Panthers game. And uh, and the Panthers screwed up anyway. So uh, that that was a that was a bad deal with them. But yeah, you're right. Charlotte was uh, it it was uh, showcased on national television last week. So anyway, no, I was going to get to the Harvick and uh, uh, Elliott deal and. I'm just wondering now if Harvick's going to win a race this year. You know uh, he doesn't want to go a whole year. You're shaking your head. You don't think he will. I don't think he will. Well. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I kind of put him into making the chase on further on, but I don't know why. But he hadn't outrun Ryan Blaney all year long, so I don't know why I put him up there in my move-on bracket. But Well, because he always does. Well, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't this year. <laughs> But, but I, I, I but, it, it was kind of an off year for Haas Stewart anyway. I mean. But I did, but I did get a congratulations from you. Oh yeah, you won. <laughs> yes, right. That Alan puts, was the that winner. Puts me up with tied with Ronnie for, with three, right? Three. Yep. All right. So, uh, well, we'll uh, we'll we'll go over that a little bit later when we get Deb on here and make our picks. But um, we're winding down. It's winding down everywhere. Uh, a big event at my house tonight. Um, gonna have the first fire of the year. Got my had my firewood for two weeks and it hadn't been below eighty degrees during the daytime and yeah. sixty at night. But boy, it's going to be cold enough tonight. They're talking about forty three degrees. It was seventy five when I came in this morning. I thought this feels nice. Well, it does feel nice, and there's leaves blowing around. So, uh, and I want to make one other announcement that. Uh, I don't know what gets stuck in my head sometimes that I was saying that we always do the last show the weekend after Thanksgiving. Well, that, we didn't even do that last year, as Deb pointed out to me. So uh, um, November the 13th is going to be our last show. The only thing I hate about that is that's the day of the last IMSA race, and we won't get to I, – I even toyed with the idea of doing it on Sunday, the last show, just because – the uh, IMSA races, uh, I'd like to cover how that comes out just in case the Wheeling Engineering team wins it, Mike uh, Hill's team. But uh, another thing is that Greg is going to come back for the last show, and he's already lined up uh, Mike Helton right. for 11 o'clock on the 13th. So we don't want to go screwing around with uh, 
the CEO or the vice chairman of NASCAR and say, oh, by the way, we just, can you do Sunday instead? Let's just, we got him locked down for the, le- the uh, 11 o'clock on the 13th, so we'll leave it there and maybe we'll, uh, we'll uh, lead off 2022 if there is a 2022 for us with uh, the IMSA champions. So, anyway, let's take our first break and come back and see uh, what's left around here on the local scene for the, uh, for the, the, our Speedways, Cherokee, Traveler's Rest, and all of those, you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership, family-owned and operated. Jamie Nodine and his wife, Rita, are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie handpicks every vehicle and posts the best prices up front at ImpexPreOwned.com. Find the car, truck, or SUV of your dreams at a price you can afford at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Do you own a diesel truck that just doesn't have the power you want when pulling your camper, boat, or livestock trailer? Whether you use your diesel truck for work or play, optimal performance is important. PF Auto and Diesel has over 30 years experience and employs ASE certified mechanics and can get your diesel engine running right. So whether it's the power stroke in your Ford that's giving you issues or your dump truck or tractor trailer just isn't running right, call PF Auto and Diesel today to schedule your appointment. 426-5083. PF Auto and Diesel 1116 Jonesville Lockhart Highway in Union. Worth the drive to get your diesel engine running right. Military and first responders get 10% off with proper ID. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Do you want a rundown house or a property with problem tenants? Did a relative leave you a house behind on maintenance and all the problems that go with it? If any of these things are true, Upstate Property Solutions can help. Upstate Property Solutions buys homes in any condition or circumstance. Foreclosures, condemned homes, mobile homes with or without land, it doesn't matter. We have a solution for you. The best part is we will pay you cash. So give us a call today at 256-0727 or visit UpstatePropertySolutions.com. Consultations are free. I see 
And welcome back to Start Your Engines. And uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank Lanny McKinney for everything he does for us. I kind of skirted around him last week. I mentioned him, but I didn't I didn't go all out and say that he's got our backs and he uh, maintains the Budmore Engineering website, puts our podcast up there, which I listen to uh, usually on Wednesday or Tuesday every week, and it sounds real good. And there, all the shows are there. I think this is number 147. That's a lot of shows we've done. And uh, we thank Lanny for everything he does. So, uh, Alan, what we got going on locally? All right. We're going to start off with Harris Speedway's. Harris last Saturday night was supposed to have the big $5,000 front-wheel drive race up there, but since on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday we had all that rain, they kind of canceled that out, but said if they could get the track in shape on Saturday morning that they would have a regular race up there. So guess what they done? What? Had a regular race. Had the big <laughs> eight divisions up there racing. We're going to start off with the Crate Sportsman Division. First place went to Lee Higdon. Second went to Brandon Satterfield. Third went to Justin Fowler. Pure Stock Division. First place went to Josh Ayers. Second went to T.J. Penfield. Third went to Taylor Johnson. And the Thunder Bomber Division. First place went to Ricky Bogan. Second went to Tyler Geis. Third went to Lloyd Dean Burches. Young Guns Division. First place went to Keeley Laws. Uh, second went to Trenton Jameson. Third went to Ethan Heatherly. Renegade Division. First place went to Blake Pryor. Second went to Steve Green. Third went to Josh Hoots. Front Wheel Drive Division. First place went to Josh Ayers. Second time he won that night. Just jumped over in a different car. That's uh, the way to do it. Yep. Uh, second went to J.B. Mosler. Third went to Chris Meadows. Thunder Bomber Futures. First place went to Stetson Todd. Second went to Justin Watts. Third went to Travis Jamison. 602 Late Models. First place went to Rod Tucker. Second went to Dustin Taylor. Third went to David Smith. Now we move over to what we've been talking about for about the last two weeks, and that was the big Thunder Bomber Classic race that's coming up. The main events will be tonight over there at Travers Rest Speedway, but they had a practice session on Thursday night over there, and last night they had uh, qualifying, and after you qualified, they come in and separate these boys up since they had so many cars and had to run heat races. And so many advanced from each heat race. So we're going to start off with the Thunder Bomber Futures, which are going to pay $1,500 tonight. And heat number one went to Stetson Todd. Second went to Deuce Miller. Third went to Luke Clements. In heat race number two, first place went to Blade Edwards. Second went to Charlie Menders. Third went to Justin Watts. Heat race number three, Travis Jameson, Randy Cantrell, and Scott Hendricks. In the Pure Stock Division, which is paying $2,000 over there tonight, heat number one went to Dwayne Worley. Second went to Kevin Nations. Third went to TJ Penfield. In heat race number two, first place went to Josh Ayers. Second went to Bradley Williams. Third went to Mark Sullivan. And now for you big Thunder Bomber. We had four heat races because they had over 36 cars there last night qualifying. So uh, we had to split them up into four heat races. First heat race went to Benji Knight. Second went to Justin Barber. Third went to Greg Carroll. In heat race number two, first place went to Tyler Geis. Second went to Ricky Bogan. Third went to Madison Hoots. Heat race number three, first place went to Kyle Geis. Second went to Hunter Funderburk. 
And third went to Rod Tucker. Heat race number four. First place went to Blake Bentley. Second went to Nick Walker. Third went to Steve Green. Also there last night, they had the Extreme Force, but they went ahead and had their main event there. Uh, first place in the Extreme Four, J.B. Mosler. Second was Ricky Hill. And third went to Keeley Laws. Today over there at Traverse Wrist, uh, you need to pay a little bit of attention to this because uh, they're gonna, gates are going to open up at 3.30 today. Driver's meeting is going to be at 5.30. It is mandatory that you be at this driver's meeting there. Uh, kind of starting off at uh, 6 p.m. They're going to have the Thunder Bomber Futures, last chance qualifier race. That means probably about the top three or four from that last chance qualifier race will move on to the big main event. And also, last chance qualifying race for the Pure Stock and the Thunder Bomber. At 7 p.m., open ceremonies with a prayer and the national anthem. Then they got a flat-out freestyle motorcycle show. Just kind of break it up just a little bit. And then the main events will start off with the Thunder Bomber Futures, Pure Stock, Flat Out Freestyle Motorcycles. Then the Thunder Bombers will come out and make their show for the big $10,000 to win over there. Uh, today, uh, pits are going to be $35 to get in. Stands will be $20 to get in. And like I said, that's a big show over there tonight. For the big Thunder Bomber race. Uh, also, up here at Carolina Speedway. That's in Gastonia. Yep. Gastonia, just right up the road. I'll be heading that way after the show. Well, you can just go on over here and watch this uh, King of the Carolina show over there that they're going to have at Carolina Speedway. And uh, big uh, big racing going on over there. They're going to have uh, street stocks over there. They're going to have Super Sportsmen, Blue Ridge Outlaws, uh, Thunder Bombers, Hornets, Pure Stocks. Drivers meeting over there at Carolina Speedway is going to be at 5.30. Hot laps will start at 6 p.m. Stands there are $20. Pits is going to be $35 to get in. And uh, as far as Cherokee Speedway, we got what we call monster trucks coming to Cherokee Speedway, they will actually be there while we are still on the air. Gates <laughs> were opening up at 11.30 a.m. Uh, they call what they call a fun zone track party. That way the kids can get to actually walk up to these trucks from 11.30 to 1.30 and then the show starts at 2 p.m. after they get everybody out of the infield and everything and put everybody up in the stands and uh, they'll, they'll probably drag out you know, right beside Cherokee Speedway, there's a great big salvage yard right there. Mm-hmm. Mike Galt's salvage yard. They'll probably drag in about seven or eight of them cars from up there and let these big trucks just run all over them. Yeah. they got to have uh, something to jump. And don't get me wrong, uh, after Harris Speedway, from the big monster trucks from this weekend, actually the Harris monster trucks will move on up to Harris Speedway next Friday and Saturday. They call this the mayhem of monster trucks. Up there, the gates are going to open up at 4 p.m. Pit party's going to be at 5 p.m. The show's going to start at 7.30. So, uh, don't think... We're kind of about like NASCAR. We we winding our shows on down, man, as far as all our local racing. that it? That's pretty much all I've got for Well, uh, it's... The fair's in town, and it's Saturday, so we run it at the... 
Spartan Piedmont Bird, Interstate Spartan, Fairgrounds Spartan tonight. Bird Fairgrounds. My daddy always would, hey, my daddy would always get up on Saturday morning of the fairgrounds and say, boys, get that car ready. We're going to the fairgrounds today. And if we had anything left, we'd go to Cherokee Speedway on Saturday night. And uh, don't get me wrong, had a driver at one time. He said, uh, he wasn't coming. He wasn't going to come. My daddy said, well, all my friends is going to be at that fairgrounds. My car is going to be racing somehow, some way today. And uh, he'd find a driver and go over there. I bet you I know somebody that ran some fairgrounds races on the week of the fair, and that would be our 11 o'clock guest, Chuck Piazza. I guarantee you he was out there. Chuck Piazza was always there. Yeah. And uh, like you said this morning, uh, Fair being here, it always brings back old memories and uh, kind of hands you a book of the old fairground there. Yes, you did. You handed me something I can't wait to look at. You said they handed those out or sold them or something at they, uh, Charlotte last week. They handed them out at Charlotte, and the guy was up there. He brought me one back, said he had a good time up there at Charlotte Speedway and uh, walking around just uh, picking up stuff a lot. Well, it had a lot in it, just glancing at it on uh, a lot of the old speedways. I saw Columbia and you. And uh, I think Asheville might have been in there. And uh, you said Spartanburg had a had a chapter. So um, I'm looking forward to reading about that. I tell you, we had such a great racetrack. And uh, what little bit of it's left, I think, needs to be covered on Dale Jr. and Matt Delner's show, Lost Speedways. And uh, actually, I've talked to Delner a little bit about that. And maybe something will happen someday. I don't know. But uh, it was a very historic speedway not just for uh the stock cars but it goes all the way back and i did some research on this do you, do you know cotton eubanks no i did not okay cotton eubanks no he's still around I, as far as i know he's up in uh up in uh northern part of the county off new cut road i know that he's got a whole barn up there full of race cars and things and uh kind of well hidden off the beaten path uh, he told me how to get there one time and uh, i know that the last direction was you take a ride at the big oak tree so uh <laughs> usually when you take a ride at the big oak tree it's someplace that, that's kind of hidden so uh um but he did a lot of research and gave some of it to me and i i tried to follow up on it on the history of the fairgrounds uh the speedway there and you know they ran uh the, the farthest back I could find anything was about 1910 or 11, and it was just like one sentence in the in the Herald Journal, one or the other or both, that uh, mentioned a motorcycle race. And, you know, you can go on Google Newspapers, which I love. I haven't been on there in a while, but you can look at a lot of different cities' newspapers going back, you know, for years. And Spartanburg, Herald Journal is on there going back to the 1800s. Now, they don't have every single issue. You might get to uh, six months in 1918 or something where they, they, they don't have anything. But for the most part, you can find a lot of old stuff, and I use that. And I did a thing about it one time. I don't know if I did it on this show. I know I did it on Dropping the Hammer about uh, the uh, uh, when the AAA came here, the Indy cars. Uh, and there was a AAA Midwest and a AAA East, and all the East guys came here and some very famous names. uh that ran uh, in at Indianapolis, but the fairgrounds was uh, the speedway was going on back then. The dirt track, as far as I can tell, it's the oldest uh, dirt track in South Carolina. The the old the first 
Uh, of course, it's not in continuous operation by any stretch of the imagination. But then um, I know Bill France, if I'm not mistaken, put on a show on uh, November 11th or 12th that weekend of Armistice Weekend in 1939, and that was the first stock car race. And then, uh, of course, it went on from there, and uh, the Cup cars actually, or Grand Nationals, ran here from 1953 to 1966. So uh, there was a lot of a lot of history in that track, and, of course, I'd always, uh, I know the last time I ever saw a race there, other than the... Uh, the Legends race when Chuck Piazza put Pearson in the wall on the last lap, thinking of, uh, speaking of Chuck, um, was always the race at the fair. And uh, there, it was dusty and just great. And you eat popcorn and get a big clot of mud in your drink, and it was just a wonderful time. Well, I just sent you a picture, which I never have heard of this place. Uh, Greer Landrum Speedway. Oh, yeah. Now, there's a lot out there on that, and I've got a bunch of information on Greer Landrum, too. And there was some, now, see, you've caught me off guard here, but there were some uh, brothers. And we used to eat, I used to eat with Bud Moore when he was eating there every day with Cotton Owens and Roger Mandeville. And there was a couple of guys there that were brothers that worked nearby there. And, of course, they all ate there at lunch every day. And one of them, God, I, I can't remember the name. If Greg was here, he'd tell you immediately. But they were uh, in charge of the Greer Landrum Speedway. And we went out and found the site one time. Um, and it's uh, it, it was on a lake, too. It was a lake in the infield or, or right beside it. So anyway, Greer Landrum Speedway, maybe that's something we can talk about in the last uh, couple of weeks as we wind down here. Elmo Henderson took me to a place one time. He says that there was a track where UPS is now. And it was at the, it was, I don't know if it was called a Heron Circle Speedway, but it was up there. And me and him went up there one time. He and I went up there one time. And uh, we were walking around trying to find any little piece of it, walking around these dirt roads behind UPS and all the different things that are up there. Uh, I think there's like an old go-kart track or something, a, a motorcycle. But he said, he said, I remember uh, David Pearson or somebody landing right there in like 1957 uh, after going over the wall. And I was like, man, you know, there's a there's a track they call the Hub City Speedway. And then there's the Piedmont Interstate Fairgrounds. And I think they get them mixed up because I don't think, I think the Hub City Speedway is the one at Heron Circle. But I don't know. And, uh. And, of course, my brother and I found one out there uh, on the Packlet, but on the highway between Packlet and Gaffney. Uh, so th- there's a lot of old tracks around there, uh, around here. And, of course, I, for years, went to the micro-midget races at the, fair, at the uh, airport. So, anyway, let's take our next break, come back, talk to Deb about what happened at Charlotte and what we can expect to see at Texas this weekend, you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM. 
Ricky's Drive-In West and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway are your go-to stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive-thru. Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive-thru special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Drive-In West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive-thru is open. If you're riding around in your car listening to a game and your car radio sounds like this, and you want it to sound like this, there's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality and visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You don't have to be a member to play at the beautiful course at River Falls. Don't have time for a full 18? Why not nine for just $25 every Monday through Friday? Schedule your tee time today by calling 433-9192 or go online to riverfallsgolf.com. This is Jeremy Clement, and you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Said no one ever. I love waking up to cold cereal. Nothing satisfies like dry granola. No. Here we say good morning with sizzling sausage, biscuits baked to perfection, the enticing aroma wafting from your freshly prepared breakfast. So make your morning easy and mix and match a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, or hash browns. Any two for just $2. It's McDonald's easy on-the-go breakfast. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal, single item at regular price. Valid when product served. You know, last weekend we had uh, um, we had. Good morning, Deb. How are you? Good morning, fine, thank you. Well, I thought I had your beginning all queued up to play, and I hit it, and I heard some guy talking. So I guess it's still not working. We are going through a lot of changes here at the studio, and it looks like most of them for the are for the good, except the. Uh, Things that haven't explained to me how they work yet. So, anyway, good to hear you this morning. How are you? 
Fine, thank you. How about yourself? Doing great. Well, it was a pretty Good. exciting weekend last week at the at the Roval, and uh, imagine the best, the biggest uh, talk to come out of there was the uh, simmering feud. That's I don't know if it's still going on or not. Maybe you can tell us between um, Chase Elliott and uh, Kevin Harvick. Harvick, and it looks like for right now, uh, Elliott may have the upper hand. Well, you know, not only was it an interesting weekend, but the whole week has been interesting with the next-gen test and Tony Stewart announcing an NHRA team and all. But to go back to the Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott situation, you know, I think that now that NASCAR has talked with both of them, I think that it has settled the dust, so to speak, for the rest of this year. But... You know, if people will remember back, uh, it was interesting when Rick Hendrick was in the media center after the race, he made a comment about he knew that NASCAR could handle a situation like this. And, of course, immediately I thought back to the 1987 situation with Jeff Bodine when he was driving for Hendrick and Dale Earnhardt when he was driving for Childress. And they wrecked each other in the all-star. Well, it started when Earnhardt wrecked Jeff Bodine. It started that 10-lap showdown of the the all-star race. And then they wrecked each other again the next Saturday in the Bush Series race at Charlotte. And then the next day in the 600. And, of course, that's when Bill France Jr., who was then NASCAR president, summoned Richard Childress and Dale Earnhardt and Rick Hendrick and Jeff Bodine to Daytona for the meeting, which was portrayed in Days of Thunder with a great deal of poetic license. A great deal. But um, that, I mean, Bill Jr. looked at, at them that day, and he told Dale, he said, this sport is bigger than you and me, and it will be here when we're gone. And you can either get with the program or you can go back to racing dirt tracks. Jeff Bodine, you can go back to Modifieds. Rick Hendrick, you sell cars. Childress, you know, racing's what you do. And he told them they were all going to dinner. And Dale said, I can't. I got something to do. I got an appointment. And Bill Jr. pulled the phone out of his desk and handed it to Earnhardt and said, call him and cancel it. You're going to dinner. And that was the beginning of the great father-son quote-unquote relationship between bill france jr and dale earnhardt well deb, so i'm sure they handled it there's no doubt in my mind but deb you know that and you're absolutely correct as always but the um uh we're still talking about it almost 35 years later i mean of course he wanted to stop the that what was going on and tearing up the race cars but it's it has become a part of NASCAR lore as have a lot of the great rivalries of the past. And, uh, and the fact that we're talking about it and it made it into a major Hollywood movie. I mean, they can say they don't like it and cut that out and all this sort of, but you know, deep down inside, they love it. I mean, they'd have to, because it's, it's a part of the lore of the sport. And I I mean, it's got to, it's, it's got to put fans in the, in the seats and, and on the couches on the weekend. That's just, it's like I said well, before you came on, it, 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 it might look bad, but, oh, man, that's, that's exactly what the doctor ordered. Well, it's like the point NASCAR makes to these drivers. 
and that, you know, if the feud is between the two of you, but don't get it to the point where it involves other drivers. You know, look at the number of other drivers that spun when Harvick spun Elliott. Yeah. You know, and and that's what they can't afford. That's what can't happen. I mean, yeah, when Jimmy Spencer got fined and all, there was always the story that when he went up in the holler to meet with Bill French Jr. and Bill French Jr. said, you know, I have to fine you for what you did. And then smiled and said, but, you know, you are selling tickets. Exactly. So, uh, you know, it's been a part of NASCAR. I mean... Go back and watch the the piece that was on Fox Sports earlier this year on FS1, Renegades, the Bad Boys of NASCAR. I only watched and it because you were on it. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But, you know, you go back to Curtis Turner, and I remember there was one race I've read about back in the 50s where they actually ran each other out of the racetrack and went around behind the grandstands and came back in in the first turn. So... <laughs> That's just a part of it, but you can't do it where another driver's going to get hurt, and you can't do it where you're going to tear up other people's equipment, you know. Um, And I think that's probably what NASCAR brought across to Harvick and Elliott in their meetings with them this past week, and that was, you can't involve someone else in your disagreements, and you can't um, tear up, you know, you can't hurt, don't hurt each other. That's you know, The last thing they want is someone to get fatally injured in one of these situations. But, I mean, let's face it, there's people you like and there's people you don't like, and it's never going to change. Will Harvick and Elliot ever be friends and like each other? Probably not. But that's just life, you know. There's just people you like and people you don't like. And, uh, you know, I, you go interview Bill Elliott today about that 1987 All-Star race, and he still gets angry when he's talking to you about it because I had to interview him for it on one of the anniversaries a few years ago for a program story for Charlotte Motor Speedway. And Bill still got angry when I was interviewing him. And look how long that's been. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's going to continue. But, you know, they're going to a high-speed mile-and-a-half track the next two weeks. That's not a place to play bumper tag and turn people because someone can get fatally injured. If you're going to do payback, it, it's at Martinsville and road courses, or I should say short tracks and road courses. But uh, there'll always be a mistrust among those two when they're around each other on the racetrack. They will always race each other different, and they will always be more cautious around each other. Well, I just think in overall, it's good for the sport. I know they have to put a stop to it. And not, yeah, absolutely, I mean, they don't want to see anybody hurt, and they don't like the collateral damage of taking out three or four other cars that had nothing to do with it. But on the other hand, I mean, it's uh, if you're talking about it 30 years later, it's got to be a good thing. And you'll be at Martinsville to tell us firsthand 
right? Oh, yes. I'll be at Martinsville <laughs> that entire weekend. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> let's get, I our, would, uh, never let's get our picks out of the way real quick. Uh, Allen won last week and has pulled into a tie with Ronnie for first place. Well, who, who's got two wins? Uh, we got Perry, Lanny, Greg, Jada. Okay, and Deb's only one with one win. One win. She's in last one place. Win. So we're gonna let her go first. We always well, let I'm her not, go. Hey, hey, I might have won had we not had a rain shortened race at Talladega. Who knows? Well, that's, Keselowski was second. Yeah. Well, you go ahead and pick and uh, pick a winner. Well, I know Denny Hamlin's won the first two races in the each round of the playoffs. He, uh, but I'm one with Kyle Larson. That's a pretty good pick. And uh Ronnie? Well, I'm I'm gonna dance with who brung me. I'm gonna stick with uh Truex Junior. Uh, all right. Uh I'll take Chase before uh Alan steals him. Uh I think I'll take uh twenty two, Joy Logano. Okay, you know, he's kinda due. He hasn't won in a while and he's sort of I see him I definitely see him winning. I guess Jado take eleven. No. Yeah. And uh, Greg's got D Benedetto for the rest of the year. And uh, Lanny, text me somebody in. I, I bet you a dollar to a donut it'll be Blaney. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so they move on to Texas. Oh, I got to mention one other thing. Of course, we're slightly saddened by the fact that uh, uh, Jeremy Clemens didn't make the, the next round for uh, Xfinity. But it's kind of hard to be sad when he, he had the three worst races are definitely the two worst races of the year in the first two races of the of the playoffs. But we're real proud of Jeremy. He did a great job. And according to what he said on another show on this station on Wednesday, he can still finish fifth in the in the in the standings for Xfinity. And I didn't realize that. Oh yes, you can. Once the play the rounds have been reduced, then you've got a chance to come back up. So once the top four for Phoenix are known, then any one of those others that were in the playoffs have the opportunity to move up in the point standings. Well, that would be great, and I'd love to see him, of course, get as far as he could get. And we uh, um, definitely would like to see a top ten. I think he's 11th right now. So Texas is coming up. It's uh, kind of shaped like Charlotte, but there's, I think, pretty much the similarity ends there. What can we expect from Texas? I know... Uh, I've got a starting lineup here, and, uh, of course, they were, there was no qualifying. But, as a matter of fact, you picked the pole sitter, so Larson's on the pole. What do you think about Texas? Well, you know, the one thing that I've heard of this week is how interesting people are regarding Ryan Blaney. Blaney's name keeps coming up, and, of course, if you'll remember, Blaney ran down Larson at Atlanta and passed him for the right. lead. So. There's a lot of people who believe that Blaney may be the surprise victor out there. But then they're also looking at Kyle Busch and the fact that Kyle won there last year. So, you know, the mile-and-a-half track at Texas can sometimes turn into a fuel mileage race. It can turn into not making mistakes on the pit road. Of course, that's been critical at a lot of places this year. So, you know, we've got mile-and-a-half tracks for the next two weeks. So it will be interesting to see 
if someone outside the round of eight can win and just make it even more nerve-wracking going into Martinsville. All right, you mentioned earlier, and I had not heard that, but Ronnie was over here shaking his head in agreement that uh, Tony Stewart was uh, uh, launching a, a drag racing team. I hadn't heard that. Can you give us about a minute on that? Um, and yeah, any, I was any at that other press conference. News? Yeah, I was at that press conference as well as the two-day test for the mm. next-gen car. And, of course, Tony is acquiring all of his equipment and everything from Don Schumacher at uh, Don Schumacher Racing, and the team will be located in the shop that currently houses his sprint car teams there in Brownsburg, Indiana. And the team will fill the top fuel entry for Leah uh, Pruitt and then a funny car entry for Matt Hagen. And uh, Matt Hagen currently leads the point standings in Funny Car. And, of course, they're at Bristol this weekend. They've got three more events. they got Bristol, Las Vegas, and then Pomona. And then after the Pomona race in November is when Tony Stewart and Leah Pruitt are getting married. So oh, okay. This, I was going to um, say, i, I got to think one of the big reasons he's getting into this is for his fiance. Well, yes and no. Uh, he will. He admitted to me there at the press conference that if it were not for Don Schumacher and Leah, that this team would not be happening because Leah has done all of the budget work, and of course she's been racing dragster drag cars since she was eight years old. She started in junior dragsters, and she has nine event wins, and she has been where she has always had to bring sponsorship to the teams and work with the team. She's always been a great ambassador for the NHRA. I did a lot of stories on Leah when I was writing for ESPNW when she was actually married at that time to the uh, clutch man for Steve Torrance, who also races Top Fuel. And a lot of people may remember that then, uh, she was racing under Leah Pritchard, uh, and uh, Leah Pruitt, Pruitt is her maiden name. So she's um, put all the budget together. She's shown the expenses. Uh, as Tony told me, she's done all the budget work for the team. But Don Schumacher dealt with cancer. He's been around the NHRA forever, and he had a very severe bout with cancer. He's getting older in years. And like this year, or not this year, but last year, he actually worked out a deal with Antron Brown, uh, who was another top fuel driver. But anyway, that next-gen cars got problems with heating and steering. they got to get worked out. Okay, and, Deb, we got like 10 seconds. Uh, I, I love hearing you talk. Keep me straight on my dates and times and everything, and we love you. And we'll talk to you next week after Texas. Sounds good. Thank All you right. much. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Deb. Mm. That's Deb Williams, who is? Smartest woman I know. And I hate to cut her off like that, but dadgummit, she's so good. Boy, she she's just got so going. much good stuff to tell us. We'll be right back after this. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg.
A few years back when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. Hey, this is Ryan Cleary. Join Anthony Greer, Alex Smith, and myself weekday afternoons for Open Mic, Spartanburg's longest-running radio show. Whether it's high school athletics, Carolina or Clemson, USC Upstate, the Braves, we've got opinions and we want to hear from you. Open Mic, 3 until 6 p.m. on Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, and of course the Fox Sports 1400 app. Tracing roots to 1832. Janney is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting client needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing the best in financial and investment advice to help clients reach their personal or business goals. When you are seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster, located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. This is Jeremy Clement. And you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. There's a new sandwich shop in downtown Spartanburg. It's the Sandwich Shop. Sam and Mitch are two local guys making roast beef, corned beef, and meatballs in-house. They pile it up high to build French dips, Rubens, and meatball subs. I know Sam and Mitch, and I can tell you, you're looking for a couple of ringers for your best ball foursome. I never slice. Look elsewhere. But if you're looking for great sandwiches, take advantage of the free parking at City Hall and visit the Sandwich Shop, 201 Wall Street, downtown Spartanburg. For immediate reactions and analysis, tune in to Victory Formation following Spartan High Football. We'll have final scores and breakdowns of all the games in Spartanburg County and surrounding areas each and every Friday night on Victory Formation, brought to you by Phillips & Law and Fuel of Chesney, right here on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM. It's a beautiful day for the beach, or an afternoon hike, or perfecting your three-pointer at the park. Where you're spending your day may be up for debate, but stopping for an icy treat at McDonald's is not. Now try new Frozen Coke and Frozen Fanta Wild Cherry or Blue Raspberry. Get any size for just $1.69. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices of participation may vary. Limited time only cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal. Coca-Cola and Fanta are registered trademarks of the Coca-Cola Company. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting spartan-waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time, every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community, where they work and live, clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. 
Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Winning takes a strong team effort, and you'll win when you trust the Kaposi Glass Mart team for your commercial and residential glass needs. Storefronts, auto glass, safety glass for heavy equipment, window and insulated glass, patio doors and plexiglass, mirrors, expert repair service. Plus, Kaposi Glass Mart provides 24-hour emergency board up service. Call the Kaposi Glass Mart team today at 583-6200. That's 583-6200. Kaposi Glass Mart, serving the upstate since 1975. Kaposi Glass Mart, helping your team win. Do you want a diesel truck that just doesn't have the power you want when pulling your camper, boat, or livestock trailer? Whether you use your diesel truck for work or play, optimal performance is important. PF Auto and Diesel has over 30 years experience and employs ASE certified mechanics and can get your diesel engine running right. So whether it's the power stroke in your Ford that's giving you issues or your dump truck or tractor trailer just isn't running right, call P-Hub Auto and Diesel today to schedule your appointment, 426-5083. P-Hub Auto and Diesel, 1116 Jonesville Lockhart Highway in Union, worth the drive to get your diesel engine running right. Military and first responders get 10% off with proper ID. Live from the Fox Sports 1498 3FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your Impact's pre-owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impact's pre-owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and Impact'sPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black, author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines. And it's my great pleasure to welcome to the show a local legend, one of the greatest uh, short track, dirt track racers you could ever... uh, you could ever find Mr. Chuck Piazza. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning, Barry. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing doing fine. Hope you are. Well, we're doing really good here. Uh, sort of battling some uh, new equipment blues. <laughs> We've got a lot of things going on here with uh, the equipment we're working with, and uh, it's uh, takes a little getting used to. But anyway. It's great to have you on the show, and uh, we've already talked about you quite a bit this morning, and um, we were reminiscing uh, about a half an hour ago about the old uh, about the old races ahead at the Piedmont Interstate Fairgrounds, which I went to every one I ever could from uh, from the time I could walk and be in my mother's arms until uh, until the last what race I remember, which had to be. In the early '80s, and I, they had some after that, but because I, I, I know the girl that was with me when I was dating her, and uh, and it would be the Saturday of the fair, and uh, you must have some, uh, you must have a lot of miles logged at the Spartanburg Fairgrounds. Well, actually, uh, I probably didn't run the fairgrounds that often, um, but uh, 
I think my first race was probably back in the, maybe the late sixties there. And, uh, uh, we was going for, we'd had seven in a row and we was going for eight in a row. And, uh, and it turned out that, uh, the Spartanburg uh, race that, uh, at that time, well, I made it eight in a row. So it's pretty typical. Um, we had, uh, had a good feel from Greenville, a bunch of good drivers there. I remember Maurice George and some of the drivers from over in the Greenville area that were really good, very good dirt track drivers. So, uh, but we was fortunate enough to, uh, get the victory and come out with eight in a row. So. Well, I can just, I can remember, and I, I was looking at some pictures of you on the internet last night and, uh, Actually, I've got some scrapbooks that I'm pretty sure I've got pictures of you in and uh, of your car, not of you personally. Uh, but for a while now, I hope I'm not wrong about this, but didn't you drive a blue Chevrolet, like a 57, uh, somewhere in there, number 65? It, that, that's correct, Barry. That, that's the car we uh, uh, was winning a lot of races back then, and that's, that's the car that uh, won at the fairgrounds. Well, I was there because I remember it, and I've okay. got a picture of it. Now, whose car was that? <laughs> Who maintained your cars, or did you do that yourself as well? No, no that that was uh, that was the Davis brothers out of Mayo, uh, Billy and James. They're great car builders, just a uh, uh, little ahead of their time. I was a '57 Chevy, but it was on coil springs and uh, handled good, and they always did a great job with the engines, and uh, just just was a great dirt car. Well, when you said that, Alan Hill over here just lit up like a Christmas tree because uh, I, I I don't know how well you know Alan. You might be uh, you might be almost like brothers, but you know he was the one that came up and talked to us right when we got our food last week at Granny's Kitchen. Alan, what do you you remember the Davis well, brothers? I guess I remember James Davis. He could build a good straight drive, especially that old rock Muncie rock crusher, <laughs> and uh, he could kind of change him gears around to where you could get a little bit better restart. Well, well, we did. Um, we had a uh, we had a long second gear, um, and uh, I recall many times. You know, we'd be up at Shelby or uh, well, not Shelby so much as uh, a Metroliner or a Concord, and run with Ralph a lot up there. And and uh, if on occasions when we were leading the race and there'd be a restart, and we were up and send a message up, and he said, Chuck, he said, could you? Because you start the races a little bit faster. <laughs> well, what I tried to do is I had that long second gear so I could start slow, but I could go run the whole straightaway, you know, uh, until uh, I had a, you know, before I went to high gear. So uh, I tried to accommodate him what I could, but it wasn't always easy. <laughs> well, them M game still goes on today. <laughs> transmissions are, yeah. are part of it yeah well Billy and James are, they, they were great car builders and I've been we've been trying to find out how many races we actually won with them uh, never to this day haven't gotten it documented well they never kept track and back at that time I didn't keep very good records and uh, but I'm thinking that that dirt car that one dirt car we probably 60, 70 races at least, if not maybe more. Uh, it was a very dominant car for several years. And I, 
I think James, he likes them, uh, what is it, a deck of cards? He used to love to play cards. He used to hang around with Paul Parrish a lot. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Billy and James, they were they were great outdoorsmen. I think it was I was looking back at the records, and twice I, I went to Shelby to see, uh, you know, for the race. Beautiful weather, I mean, just perfect. And I'd get there, and there'd be no car. And um, I would, uh, well, no cell phones back in those days, no no way to get a hold of anybody. So I'd watch a race, and I think a time or two I maybe got a chance to drive another car. But uh, I was concerned and thinking, gee, you know, did they have a wreck coming up? So anyhow, next morning I uh, I run up to the shop, and I said, What's, what happened last night? I said, you guys all right? They said, yeah. I said, you know, we got we got on the way to the track. We left. And he said, you know, the weather was so nice out. We was going by our favorite fishing hole. And he <laughs> said, you know, let's go fishing. <laughs> and they did. Well, that's... Uh... So, but, uh, you know, you have to forgive them for a time or two. The second time, I pretty much knew what happened. But uh, they just... Uh, they, that was... When they hit that, come by that fishing hole, and they thought that was where they needed to be. That's where they ended up. <laughs> We're talking to Chuck Piazza, one of the local greats. Uh, Chuck, I, I noticed that there was still a lot of uh, information and photographs and things of you uh, from up in New York. Uh, Jamestown, is that where you were originally from? I, <clears throat> yes, I was. And uh, uh, shortly after we moved down here, I, I, I had leased our home up there to a individual and had to go up to work out some details. And so uh, I took uh, Billy with me, and we come up, and it was like, must have been toward in the fall. Or We left here. It was nice weather, but we got up into Virginia, and I had an ice storm, and we drove through that ice storm and all the way up through Pennsylvania, and we got in. And uh, Billy was kind of, he was, he he wasn't really comfortable driving in that snow and ice. And um, so anyhow, we got uh, got into Jamestown and, and uh, went to the local um, restaurant where we always had breakfast and took took Billy in there. And maybe we was having a late brunch or something. I can't recall. But anyhow, I do remember that he ordered tea and they brought him a cup of hot tea and that didn't work. <laughs> and then they, he ordered grits, and they never even heard of them. <laughs> so Billy said, "I'll be glad we get back to South Carolina." Well, what what made you move from New York to South Carolina to begin with, and did and, well, why, and why Spartanburg or Inman? Well, uh, I used to buy parts from Rex White, ah, and uh, and I think it was in '66 we was coming to, or 67, we was coming down uh, to Daytona, and I said, well, I'm going to stop and see Rex, because all I've ever had was a, you know, phone relationship with him. So uh, I stopped by the shop, and uh, he had left for Atlanta, and uh, Elmo Henderson, Ken Miller were there, and uh, they'd formed a company, and they was doing some engineering, doing some race car parts, and my trade was a machinist, but one thing led to another, and they said, Chuck, you ought to move down here. And uh, I said, well, I've thought about it from time to time. 
is I'd like to race a little bit more. So um, we left. It was a beautiful day. It was 70 degrees. I'll never forget it. And I said, see, have weather like this all year round. It's just great. <laughs> so uh, anyhow, uh, went to Daytona, left Daytona 7 o'clock in the morning, ended up in Jamestown in front of our home at 7 o'clock the next morning. Couldn't get in the driveway. We had three foot of snow. I went inside with my wife. We had left the heat on, but down low, cold. So we all went to bed with our clothes on. And I got up the next morning. I said, we're moving to South Carolina. If that, if, if that job open and it's sincere and it's still open. And uh, so talking with uh, Ammo, and uh, he said, yeah, it is. He said, come on. We said, we'll help you find a ride or we'll work something out. So. Three months later, I think on we come into South Carolina on April seventh, nineteen sixty seven. <laughs> so uh, that's how we got down here, uh, buying parts from Rex, but ended up talking to Elmo and coming coming down here. Actually, Elmo was the one that really brought brought us in, I guess. Well, Elmo was a good friend of mine, and uh, um, I think the world of him, and I think the world even more of him for getting you down here. And that was a. Uh, that was a, a fortunate move on our part. Now, let me ask you a couple other questions here because I mean, the time just flies by, and we're definitely going to go over 20 minutes with you. But um, um, what was your favorite track down here? Well, I really like I like them all. I love Cherokee. I love Rutherford County. I love Shelby, Metrolina, Concord. They were, they were just all neat tracks. They, and uh, we got a, we had good handling cars. Uh, I I I did a lot of work back then on maybe before people even knew what what it was, you know, on bump steer and and uh, you know front end geometry and the way we did things and uh, always run a lot of coil springs, but run some lease. But when we did, they were always very light packages, so had a lot of success with them. But uh, I, South got had some great tracks. I, I run more than those tracks, but they were actually my favorite. Now, did uh, did Chuck Piazza have a big rival? Was there anybody that? And I don't. It can be a friendly rival or a, a not so friendly rival. But who? Uh, did Did you well, have any one other driver in particular that you uh, kept an eye on? Well, there was a guy by the name of Stick Elliott. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure everybody's familiar with Stick. But sure are. We got, we got along fairly well. Uh, in fact, I even used to try to help him work on his car, so made sure that it drove good so he wouldn't be hitting me. <laughs> but uh, um, we had an incident at um, Shelby, I guess back in the early 70s, maybe late 60s, early 70s. And uh, Stick's leading the race. And... Uh, we, got, we would run real good when the track dried out, and a lot of the guys, they just couldn't get a hold of the racetrack when it was dry. Stick was leading it, but I, I had caught him towards the end of the race and was trying to get by him. He was blocking and doing everything he could to keep me behind him. We was up in three and four, and I just barely touched him, but it, that's all it took, and he went sideways, and I ducked under him and went on. Well, as I'm coming off of four... I can hear this noise. I mean, somebody, an engine is just screaming. <laughs> then I looked out the window and stick it, turned sideways, floored it, went up in the infield. At, at that time, you could in three and four in Shelby, you could go up in the infield, come right, drive right off onto the track. 
and he did. And I'm coming around, and their stick is going to T-bone me. And well, I never got out of it. And he missed me by inches. He went behind me and hit the wall. Mm. Well, I tore his car up. And to make matters worse, the rest of the field piled into him. It towed the car. Oh, no. And uh, so I pulled in, and I went down. I kind of finding out what really did happen. And uh, uh, and here comes Stick marching down through the pit. And I'm in. I'm looking in the toolboxes for a breaker bar or something. And I'm thinking all the time that <laughs> he'll take it away from me. So anyhow, he come down. He was smiling, and uh, and that was the one thing I, I would rather have been mad. But he was smiling. That that meant no good. So. Uh, uh, but a lot of the people that we heard him coming down through the pits, he said, I am going to kill that Yankee. I am going to kill him. And uh, and a few races later, we had a big day race at Shelby, and I'm leading the race up there, and Sticks running about eighth on the caution, sixth, seventh, eighth on caution. And uh, we come up to three and four where the incident happened. And if he had been behind me, I really would have been paying attention. But he jumped out of line, he come up and, Hit us in the left rear and knocked us into the wall. And I think he said we're even. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that that's about, uh, it had some good battles. Billy Scott and uh, Carl Smart and some of the guys up there were, we had we had some really fierce battles on the track, but um, I always raced them pretty clean. And Ralph was, Ralph was my favorite person to race with because, Ralph Earnhardt. Yes, sir. We could race side by side for 40 laps and never touch. And uh, Ralph was, uh, uh, he enjoyed racing with me. And, and I enjoyed more than ever racing with him, you know, because of who he was. But uh, one night, at, I believe it was Metro Line, we pretty close the whole night. We come out of four to get this checkered. And I mean, we're side by side. I'm on the outside and Ralph's on the inside. And, and I said, boy, this is close. I didn't know who won. I pulled in the pits. We were running at Camaro, and he was running the Chevelle. And uh, they gave us a victory, or the win. And uh, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still in the car. And uh, Ralph come down. He, he got in pits, too, and he got, got out, come down. He said, Chuck, he said, you know I won that race. And I said, well, I, I know it was close, Ralph. He said, my front wheels was in front of yours. But I had that long snout on the Camaro, and he had set this Chevelle body back so that the front bumper was only about six, eight inches in front of the front of the tire. And so, yeah, his wheel was in front of mine, but uh, we uh, we had that long nose, so we had a good <laughs> laugh that night. He was, he was great. Well, and, uh, I, I tell you, it goes by so fast. Um, these interviews uh, tell me quickly though uh I, I guess maybe i was a little off on uh, what you actually did with emsa but what kind of racing did you do with emsa which was i guess almost well, all road courses right yeah it, it is uh i actually did not run the circuit in, uh, in emsa because that was taking place back in the 70s and 80s i guess but when i started running the historic sports cars on the road courses um there was a lot of IMSA drivers in there, and one of them was, you know, Gene Felton out of uh, Atlanta. He was 
he was several times IMSA champ. He was a great, great road racer. Right. Uh, I just tried to get him to coach me a little bit, and he never would. So, <laughs> but uh, did get a chance to run with some great guys uh, out of that circuit. And uh, uh, just just quickly, the last race we had at Daytona, uh, Eddie Pearson had went down with me. We had a I was uh, I had a Levi Garrett road race car, and uh, uh, had two races that weekend. I ran third in the first one, and the second one was uh, uh, Lake Speed won it, and uh, I I finished second, and and finally beat Gene Felt, and that didn't happen very often. <laughs> so, um, but that that's where I did get a chance to run with some of them guys. It was a lot of them run run that vintage NASCAR circuit or uh, vintage uh, historic stock cars. Yeah. Uh, That's what they're called. Before we let you go now, I'm fortunate to uh, be able to go up with uh, Chuck to an event in Gastonia as soon as the show's over. Chuck, exactly what's going on up there, and it's for free, and I guess anybody can show up and get in. And uh, I went two years ago. They didn't have it last year, I don't think. Yeah, uh, it was a – uh, you know, it was really a, a great event. I met a lot of people that I knew, and there was a lot of cars on display and some good food. Who puts this on, and exactly where is it? And uh, tell us a little about well, it. Yeah. Um, well, Charlie Craig is um, uh, is the gentleman that puts it on up there, and he's got a beautiful place, a lot of a uh, lot of history in his buildings, and uh, be a lot of show cars up there, and a lot of fans, and. Um, um, Charlie, I, and I guess, you know, you could take Charlie and Phil Combs and, and, uh, you know, they're great historians. And, uh, so it's, it's just a great time. You know, a lot of the drivers, I know Dub Simpson always is there and Billy Scott tries to be there when he can and Larry Wallace and, you know, some of the really great drivers from back in that era, you know, that, that when I was running and, uh, so yes, you're you're right. Great, great atmosphere. A lot of cars, a lot of fans, people, and and should be some pretty good eating too. Yep. Well, that's what I'm counting on. I'm gonna. I'm holding out for that. So, Chuck, we're gonna have to let Priorities. you go. <laughs> we're gonna have to let you go, and I'll. Uh, but I'll be seeing you like in a matter of minutes. So, uh, um, great having you on the show. We got to make sure we do this every year because I didn't nearly talk about everything I wanted to with you, but. Uh, uh, I'm sure I'll get some good stories over the rest of the day. Well, uh, hopefully. And thanks for having me, Barry, Alan. It's, uh, it's always great to talk with you guys. Okay. Thank you very much. That's Chuck Piazza. And uh, one of the great old veterans of uh, um, of this area pulled out some names there I hadn't thought of in a while, like Carl Smart. That's one I hadn't heard in, heard in quite a while, but... Uh, Great having Chuck on the show, and I'm really looking forward to spending most of the rest of the day with him. We're a little behind. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. 
Family owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. You won't get pressured at Impex Pre-Owned. You'll just get help finding your next car, truck, or SUV at a price you can afford. Start your search today at ImpexPreOwned.com. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd pleasing Budweiser brands, and world famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel. Located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Do you want a rundown house or a property with problem tenants? Did a relative leave you a house behind on maintenance and all the problems that go with it? If any of these things are true, Upstate Property Solutions can help. Upstate Property Solutions buys homes in any condition or circumstance. Foreclosures, condemned homes, mobile homes with or without land, it doesn't matter. We have a solution for you. The best part is we will pay you cash. So give us a call today at 256-0727 or visit UpstatePropertySolutions.com. Consultations are free. And welcome back to Start Your Engines and... uh all right, let's go through some of the uh, results and standings and so on. We already talked a good bit about Cup. Well, Kyle, Kyle Larson won last week and on the Roval. Uh, Tyler Reddick, actually, I wasn't pulling against you because I wasn't sure you had, but I wanted to see Tyler Reddick win a race. I, I think he's he's pretty due. Well, I was wanting to see the 24-car get around Tyler in the eight, and let's see if uh, see if. Kyle Larson was going to be a t- good teammate and blow the chicane on the back straight away and have to come to a stop and let the 24 car win. And that way he wins and he goes in. Yeah. Well, guess who that puts out next man down. Yeah. That would have been, uh, Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski. So, uh, but Brad made it in. So, uh, second was Tyler Reddick. Third, Chris Boucher had a good race. Kyle Bush was fourth. Denny Hamlin fifth. Matt DiBenedetto went from 30th to sixth. Logano was seventh, Christopher Bell eighth, and he was really trying like heck to get in there and win the race um, so he could make it, but he didn't. Ryan Blaney was ninth, and Alex Bowman was tenth. The uh, standings after the 
bottom four were clipped off. It's Kyler, uh, Kyler. Kyle Larson is first. He's got a 35-point lead on Denny Hamlin. Martin Truex is only a point behind that. 36 points back in third. Ryan Blaney, fourth. Kyle Busch, fifth. Chase Elliott, sixth. Joey Logano, seventh. Brad Keselowski, eighth. And those are the eight that we still have going on in what is called the round of eighth. The round of eight. Eliminated were Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell, Kurt Busch, and Tyler Reddick. And we'd already eliminated before that William Byron, Alex Bowman, Eric Almarola, and Michael McDowell. So they will race uh, um, tomorrow in the uh, Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500. And as I said earlier, Kyle Larson's on the pole inside of uh, Denny Hamlin. And they've got 39 cars in the field there. And that will be at the Texas Motor Speedway out in uh, Texas. And, of course, we talked a little bit about Xfinity and the great job that Jeremy Clements did overall on the year. And as I said, he had his two worst races to start the chase and then a little uh, uh, strategy change, according to Jeremy, might have cost him a few, uh, uh, probably a top ten in the Xfinity race. But he had to win it to move on, and he didn't. But he can still finish fifth. So right now he's 11th, and, and uh, keep on moving up, Jeremy. A.J. Allmendinger was the winner. Second was Austin Sendrick. Third, Daniel Hemrick. Uh, fourth, Justin Haley. Fifth, Brandon Jones. Sixth, Noah Cragson. Seventh, Preston Partis, who went from 37th to 7th in that number 90. Miat Snyder was uh, eighth. Justin Allgaier, ninth. And Sam Mayer, tenth. Josh Williams, 11th. And as I said, Jeremy finished 12th. And the point standings, A.J. Allmendinger has a six-point lead over Austin Sendrick. Justin Allgaier is 29 points back in third. Noah Craggs in fourth. Daniel Hemrick fifth. Justin Haley sixth. Harrison Burton seventh. And Brandon Jones eighth. Jeremy is 11th. And he looks like he's 29 points out of tenth. So just got to keep moving up, Jeremy. Has some good finishes. The uh, starting lineup for today and the uh, Andy's Frozen Custard 335, and you know they're building an Andy Custard. They tore down the old uh, uh, jack-in-the-box there on East Main Street, and I think that's Alton Road there that goes into Fernwood, and they're building an Andy's Frozen Custard. So uh, I'd rather it be a full-blown restaurant. I've never had Andy's. Maybe I'll change my mind. But Jeremy's starting 14th. Almondinger's on the pole with Cendric second. So Jeremy... And the uh, says here the straight line Chevrolet. Not sure what straight line is, but uh, Jeremy, uh, I mean, he could have some real good finishes here, and I'd love to see him crack into the top ten in the points. He's very close to that. The top five would be even better. Trucks don't run until uh, the day before Halloween on uh, October 30th. They will run the United Rentals 200. And that will be on FS1 at 1 o'clock. Point standings there. John Hunter Nemechek has a one-point lead over Ben Rhodes. Third is Matt Crafton. Fourth, Sheldon Creed. Fifth is um, Stuart Friesen. Sixth, Chandler Smith. Seventh, Carson Hostsavar. Eighth, Zane Smith. Ninth, Todd Gilliland. And tenth is Austin Hill. And I'll tell you what. Let's just go ahead and take our last break right now, and we'll wrap the uh, standings up and have a little bit of time to chit-chat. 
You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400. And, oh, I did it. Went to the, I put my brain on automatic pilot and did it. I made it the whole show without doing that. On Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. Get in the game. It's fall savings time, and your countdown to kickoff starts now at Greer Nissan. Tackle the Nissan Rogue, $299 a month. New Nissan Versa, $269 a month. Lease them up in a Nissan Kicks, $239 a month. Roomy Nissan Sentra, $199 a month. And Nissan Murano, $199 a month. Plus 0% financing is available. Get more for your trade. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Kick off your savings at Greer Nissan. Call 864-479-1197 for details. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway, and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You don't have to be a member to play at the beautiful course at River Falls. Don't have time for a full 18? Why not nine for just $25 every Monday through Friday? Schedule your tee time today by calling 433-9192 or go online to riverfallsgolf.com. Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock football. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. McDonald's is hiring right now. Get more than just a job. Start building your future today. Working at McDonald's, you'll get paid time off, health care benefits, free employee meals, competitive wages, and a flexible schedule. Apply today at McDonald's.com slash made. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's and McDonald's independently owned and operated franchisees are equal opportunity employers committed to a diverse and inclusive workforce. Most McDonald's restaurants are operated by franchisees who are independent employers and set their own employment policies and practices for their employees. The benefits described here are available at McDonald's-owned restaurants and participating franchisees. And welcome back for the last uh, segment of Start Your Engines on a beautiful Saturday with uh, just fall in the air. Feels good out there. Football, local racing, and uh, you look like you got uh, words on your lips. Well, I was just sitting here thinking that I believe you're going to have a good time this afternoon. I think I am, too. I went up there two years ago. We got a lot of time. Let me tell this real quick. Two years ago, when they had this event, and Mr. Craig had called me and invited me, and I didn't know him from anywhere. He didn't call me this year, so maybe I didn't behave. <laughs> but actually, what I did, it was the day that Georgia 
played South Carolina in, right. in Athens, and I said, I am not going to waste my time watching this. And, you know, Musgrave was the yeah. uh, Musk, uh, champ was the coach. So I went up to this thing and was listening to it on the radio, and South Carolina was intercepting passes and running them back for touchdowns and all this stuff, and I was like, holy mackerel. So I went, and I sat in the car uh, when, I, when I got to the place until halftime, and South Carolina was leading, and I said, well, let me get out. I didn't drive up here for anything. I don't think, uh, you know, they're not going to win anyway. So anyway, make a long story short, which is too late, they did win. And uh, I did get back to the car in time because I think I was keeping up with it on my phone. Um, and so I, I went back and sat in the car to hear the end of the game, and it was uh, that was the last time I went to this event. So, And what's the name of it? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's really got a name, but it's. I can tell you how to get there. You go up 29. I mean, well, I don't know how Chuck's going to drive. I don't go on 85, but he's a brave race driver. He might. But once you get on 85 in North Carolina and get to Gastonia, you take a right and go south on New Hope Road. Okay. And you just follow New Hope Road probably 15 miles. To the miles. big oak tree. Hmm? To the big oak tree. No, no, no. That's Cotton Eubanks. <laughs> okay. No, but no, this guy's – you'll see the cars. I think there's a church about 150, 200 yards down the road on the left where they let people park or some kind of building. But uh, his house is fixed up like an old Sinclair station. Okay. So it's kind of hard to miss. Yeah. And he'll be the guy with several hundred people in his front yard and race cars all over the place. Right. So it won't be too hard to miss, uh, but you, you go south on New Hope Road. So, Okay, let's move on here with a few more uh, results. Of course, I've got Indy. They're done. They got out of, got out of it early. Alex Palou was the champion there with uh, Chip Ganassi. Joseph Newgarden second, Patricio Award finished third, Scott Dixon fourth, and Colton Hare to fifth. That information is several weeks old now. ARCA has one race left, and they ran, uh, as we detailed last week, at Salem, Indiana. Their next race is next weekend on the 23rd for the Reese's 150 at Kansas. Uh, Ty Gibbs is the point leader. He's got a 34-point lead over Corey Heim, which... I guess that's doable. Ty would have to fall out pretty early, and Corey would, I imagine, have to finish pretty close to the front. Nick Sanchez is third. Thad Moffat fourth. Brad Smith is fifth. We'll move on down a little further. D.L. Wilson is sixth. Taylor Gray seventh. Drew Dollar is eighth. Jesse Love is ninth. And Kyle Sieg is tenth. And like I say, Arca will has one more race to go. And... Uh, of course, that's just been a benefit pretty much all year for, for Ty Gibbs or Corey Heim, mostly Ty Gibbs. Uh, Formula One, Alan, they are coming coming our way. They will be on uh, next weekend at Coda the, um, in Austin, Texas, the road course for the Aramco United States Grand Prix. Uh, Max Verstappen is the point leader there. He's got a six-point lead over Lewis Hamilton, who got his 100th win a couple of weeks ago. Valtteri Bottas is third. with eight, He's 86 points behind, so you can forget him. It's a two-horse race for the championship. Lando Norris is fourth, and Sergio Perez was fifth. What were you telling me about the race last week? Uh, last race, I think they was at Turkey. And yep. A little bit of rain and uh, 
Hamilton was wanting to stay out on his tires because uh, he thought he could make it all the way, but uh, he's losing like a second a lap, and uh, his crew called him and they said, box, box. That means he pitted. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the race, he went to fifth, you know, and he lost he lost points leading Max for stopping. Yep. But uh, he was real, he was real, you know, why should I pit? They said, well, you was losing a second a lap, we was afraid you was going to blow a tire out. If you blowed a tire, he'd have been out of the championship race. And uh, he just couldn't He just couldn't get over that. I mean, he was, he was pretty distraught about that deal. And uh, But his engineer sitting there going, well, we was going to finish, uh, we was going to finish fifth because the other two cars behind him was closing in on him so fast. But I guess he thought he could have, you know, may have picked the pace up a little bit. But mm-hmm. if you watch him cars, they had the, uh, what to call it, intermediate tires. Yeah, they got three sets to choose from. And, and they got, and they can sit there, and half of that tire was a racing slick, and the other half had treads on it, just for whenever you got just a little bit of mist on the racetrack. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just to watch them guys, and then we sit here, and uh, it's just a totally different world. Well, it, it, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it is. I mean, to watch them and then watch... Uh, you know, it just, it, it amazes me. Well, is, is it just me, or when you say Formula One racing, my first thought is not Texas? Well, they've always come to the United States, not every year, but, you know, for years it was Watkins Glen. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I think the first U.S. Grand Prix, if I'm not mistaken, it was 1960, and it was at Sebring. I could be wrong about that, but they've raced several different places. They raced at Indianapolis. That's when they started painting the, the 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 boxes to where they line up and started going the wrong way at Indianapolis. So they ran Indianapolis for years, several years. They had one race up there where they had a huge tire problem, and but only like ten cars started. I mean, it was horrible. Um, and so now they run at the Circuit of the Americas, which is Coda, in Texas. So it's they've been all over. They might have even run one at Riverside at one time. I'm not sure. But uh, the technology today has oh. just brought it just brought it slim. I mean, it's mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong, NASCAR's going the same way. I mean, you know, used to what, what was the pit boxes on pit road used to look like? I mean, that was your toolbox. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I mean, uh, nowadays you look at it and they now it looks like Michigan Control. Yeah, now it's like Michigan Control, and if if a guy steps up there with a camera to show it on TV, if you'll watch the crew chief, he'll cover one of them monitors up. He don't want <laughs> he don't want he does not want you seeing that monitor. And don't get me wrong, they can pit now and just about show you the time it leaves pit road to where it comes back out on the racetrack mm. and where where you're going to end up. Where you're going to end up at? And uh, that's just that's just a little bit. Uh, don't get me wrong, but like the guy told me. Uh, he showed me a fish finder that they got out now. It's, it's got what's called side skin. Uh-huh. And uh, it can show you a brush with crappy in it, and he can throw his lure in there and show the fish scattered back, but watch them come right back into it. And I said, this this is more like cheating. I mean, this, this is, uh, you know. Well, I mean, how, how long do you think it'll be before NASCAR has a, one of the million-dollar steering wheels? It's uh, coming because it's we coming. Are, it's we we stepping up to this next gen car now. It's got independent rear suspension. 
and uh, one lug, one lug. So uh, I mean, it's 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 coming down this road. I mean, don't get me wrong, but then again, we're looking at going electric too. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I think they're gonna. What do I know? We I got, think they got to keep that separate. That dad gummit, you got to have we your. Got, we already got form, uh, Indy cars I, I, electric. I know, but I, let that e racing be over here and, and give me my. Just, uh, just put a sound box on them. <laughs> yeah, you got to have sound effects. Yeah. yeah, we need a sound box on them. Is what we need. No, just leave, leave them over there, and 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 leave the internal combustion engines over here. You know those uh, Pikes Peak electric cars, they got. They got like a beep or a little siren or something that goes on because otherwise you wouldn't know they're coming. I tell you, the closest I ever got to getting hurt at a at a stock car race was back in the old days, and I you probably ran into this, and it was was when a car some guy would go down the back stretch would cut it off, I guess to do a plug check, and come into the pits dead stick, and you can't hear him coming, and you'll be standing out there in pit road, and you know here comes a two-ton stock car or whatever 3500 pounds you know with a not making a noise and that's kind of scary i almost got hit a couple of times like that and i'd have blamed it on greg for letting me come into pits <laughs> um i was uh, texting a little bit with deb after there i apologize for having to cut her off so quick for i hate to do that and she said that uh that she had a lot of other stuff she wanted to talk about and um of course, we didn't nearly have enough time to talk about everything. But she did say something there at the end about, uh, I guess they're having trouble with the next-gen car. And they were having trouble with it before. And I don't know exactly what all trouble they were having, but I'd like to hear more about that because they, uh, I mean, they got to have it together by, uh, they've already delayed it a year, so they got to have it together by February for sure. They'll probably have to drop some of that weight off of them. You go into a wooden lug nut wheel. It's an all-aluminum 18-inch wheel. But I don't see how a 3,200-pound car. We look at with IMSA and my brother and him with IMSA WeatherTech. Their cars don't weigh. They're probably, I'd probably say 2,400 pounds, something mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, I mean, you're looking at that weight ratio compared to something. So, uh, I think they're going to look to see how they can actually... Uh, lighten them cars up some mm-hmm. and still be safe because don't get me wrong the imps of weather tech the daytona prototypes they don't even have a roll cage in them is they, that right they have a carbon fiber tub okay that the driver that tech driver is actually sitting in that uh that and of course part of those the roof got, is all of that and so but it, but don't get me wrong it's like i asked my brother i said how many spare cars you got none I mean, they cost so much that, you, you know. Well, you were talking earlier about, um, and I'm sort of flashing back to, I believe it was Road Atlanta last year, and talking about the penalties and they'd park you and do all this and the other. But that last race at Road Atlanta, if I remember last year, that was like uh, the last lap at, at uh, Cherokee. I mean, they were banging and beating like crazy. Well, it's the last race, Perry. I mean, i got to get this out of me. <laughs> and they don't have I much mean, time I, to park yeah, you I don't the last lap. It, I don't want to take it over in the next year. So uh, let's go ahead and get it out. If well, we're going to have to have Mike on pretty soon because he can shed a lot of light on, uh, obviously, on the WeatherTech, which is a good segue to uh, say that their last race is on March the, on November 13th, the Motul Petit Le Mans at Road Atlanta. And uh, 
course, they're 19 points behind with Felipe, Felipe Nasser and Pipo Durrani behind uh, Ricky Taylor and Felipe Albuquerque. And the next team in third place is 164 points back, so you can forget them. But Mike can not only share um, a lot of good information uh, as much as he wants to or is, a, is able to on the uh, weather tech, but uh, he's pretty dadgum knowledgeable about this car tomorrow. Uh, not car tomorrow, the next-gen car. I'm about 15 years behind. With the next-gen car, which I'm sure you've gotten some information from him they, about that. You know, but they, uh, they actually built one up there in the shop. I know. That's and, what, that's uh, the first place uh, I ever saw it when well, uh, you saw, showed me a picture in their shop. Actually, actually, there was two shops, I think, that actually built two cars. Mm-hmm. And they all they took both cars and actually put it in the Action Express hauler and took it down to Charlotte to... to uh, practice that car with yep. martin truex yep yep i remember that and uh but uh now all you teams is what was it 21 teams up there at charlotte last week and, something uh, like that so uh don't get wrong they'll they'll start fudging them rules somewhere <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where yeah uh, but uh they will you're right and um the thing about the next gen car they've got to have it ready pretty soon um, uh, I know I read something about, um, they had somebody testing one of them and it seems like it must've been a, I, I na- it wasn't a name I was familiar with and they were kind of making a big deal about that. But anyway, um, it, it's, it's coming and there's nothing we can do to stop it. Not that I want to, but think of how ro- ironic or unusual it's going to look for a car that technically advanced running on dirt at Bristol. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of from one extreme to the other, but that's going to happen. Yes, it will. Yeah. Let's do quickly the television, and there's not much of it. The uh, Xfinity race, pre-race today is at 2.30 to 3, and that will be on NBC. So for the second week in a row, Jeremy and the Xfinity guys get on the main network with the race at 3 and... Uh, so, 3 o'clock this afternoon, I've already got my recorder set for it. Since I'll be, uh, I'll be up in Gastonia with, with Chuck. And then tomorrow at 2 o'clock, pre-race at one thirty. Also on, um, actually, yes, yes, I'm sorry. It's on NBC. And, um, and that's the cup race at Texas. So, from, uh, that's at 2. So, 3 today for Xfinity, 2 tomorrow for cup. And... Um, that's about it. Looking, I do this thing I print out does move down the line a little bit further, and I can tell you that uh, the last ARCA race is going to be at seven o'clock on MAV TV in Kansas. That's on October twenty third, a Saturday. On Sunday, October twenty fourth, the Formula One race at Coda will be at one thirty on ABC, and. Uh, on Friday, on Saturday, November 13th, they got the WeatherTech sports cars starting at noon on NBC at Road Atlanta and uh, switching back over to NBCSN for a while, and then they probably finish on NBC. So, anyway, everything's winding down. There's, um, there is a lot of, still a good bit of local racing. Uh, where would Mr. Wilson be going today? Uh, Mr. Wilson's all the way up in Elkin, North Carolina, to a racetrack called friendship 
Okay. Uh, they having a North Carolina championship up there, and uh, he helps a guy out with uh, his 602 super late mall car. It's uh, John Ruggiero. I've heard that name. Yeah, I've, I've it's a famous it. name yes, for Ruggiero. A lot yep. of those. And uh, they are up there racing. Uh, they quali- tried to qualify. Well, they qualified last night, and they actually raced tonight. And uh, hope him I'll be all safe going up. Well, he's already up there, so be safe coming back, Jimmy. Um, Jimmy Wilson? Jimmy I Wilson. don't know if you've ever disclosed this first name before. Jimmy Wilson. Jimmy Wilson. Wilson. I like Mr. Wilson. Yeah, he's, he'll always be Mr. Wilson. Does. Yeah. Mr. Wilson. He, that's the guy that lived next door to Dennis, Dennis DeBennis. Dennis, yeah. yeah. Um, I assume the 25T is still spread all over the floor, so you won't be tempted to uh, go anywhere. I started putting it back together this week, Perry. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. Uh, uh, go, go see. Leaning towards something there at the end? Uh, no, not this end, but maybe the beginning of next year. Okay, all right. <laughs> Do we have a clear rules package that you no, can uh, no, follow so yet? I'm just, uh, I'm just putting something together, and uh, we're gonna go race. That's good. Yeah, that's great to hear. Great. I've, thing. I've got this other board right here beside of me, and I've got the eight, eight finalists over here, and then I moved over to the four, and I can just about pick. But I, I'm having trouble with that last one. Well, who's the who you got in the final four? Well, I've got Hamlin. Okay. I've got Larson. Yeah. And I've got Chase Elliott. Okay. So now we need to pick one more to move on. Is it going to be a uh, Penske driver, or you think? Uh, so I've, I've got both of uh, Rick Hendrick's cars in there. I'd say Bush or Blaney. You say Bush or Blaney? Yeah, that's just what I'd guess. Ronnie? Ronnie? Well, you got a minute. And based on, based on his recent finishes, I don't think he can discount Keselowski. No, but, I, I, you know, there's something with the fact that he's not going to be there next year is holding him back. I mean, he just doesn't seem to quite have, although he, he moved up, he doesn't seem to quite have the oomph that he had, uh, like, I, a year or so I, ago. I was kind of wanting to hit that on Deb as uh, Tony Stewart got too many other interests. It's, and now his teams are, I ain't going to say struggling, but they no. but they didn't make the they didn't make the chase. So, uh, I well, mean. Uh, you know, he's you got, know, he's got. Uh, you get too many irons in the fire, you, you know. He's got Harvick, who's a top-notch. I don't like him, but he's top-notch, top-rung driver. But he's also got Ryan Briscoe, who, you know, I, I don't know if he deserves he, that good a ride. And he Eric hasn't Almar- proved himself yet. And Eric Almarola was 27th in points when he won. That only thing that got him into the chase. He was nowhere near making the chase. So, uh, Harvick, I'll give him, you know, for having an off year. But the other two, I don't know if they ever go, if they could have a good year. I mean, m- maybe they could. Maybe I'm selling them short. I don't know. But anyway, uh, appreciate everybody listening today. Um uh, Got a local, lot of local stuff out there they can go see, right, Alan? Yes, we do. We got uh, racing going on over at Traverse Speedway, big ten thousand dollar race over there tonight. Somebody's going to go home playing a guitar and be in ten thousand dollars in their pocket. There so, you uh, go. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure I got a nap coming in my future, <laughs> and I got a trip to North Carolina with uh, a racing legend, uh, Chuck Piazza. Chuck. Pick me up in a few minutes, and we'll head on up that way. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, keep it between the fences.
You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. WSBG 